This is Pastor Lenny from New Life Ministries, New Life Church. And today we're going to be looking at and, and discussing and talking about a very important subject. And that is how to rightly divide the Word of God. How to rightly divide the Word of God. I am sure that all listening, listening to my voice right now have heard that scripture being used from 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, where it says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now that scripture has been used by many. Some, some have used it incorrectly, some have used it correctly. You know, incorrectly in, in that, you know what? They they use it to to be and and to be applied, and they apply it to all of Scripture. You know how we should know about all of Scripture, teach it in in truth, teach all of Scripture in truth, and even the law, the law, and works, and and but but it might have an application. It might it might have small applications there, but the bigger application is here: rightly dividing, rightly dividing the word of truth and we know from first john not first john the gospel of john chapter 1 verse 17 where it tells us the law came by moses period grace truth came by jesus christ rightly dividing is knowing the difference adhering to keeping keeping the understanding of the difference of the covenant of law and the covenant of grace. Rightly dividing. A straight cut. That's what the word dividing means. A straight cut. It means to stay straight in your ways. Beautiful. Straight, stay straight in your ways. What ways? The ways of grace the ways of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I love this verse. And, and every time I, I visit it, I see something different. And when I look at it, study to show yourself approved unto God. There is only one thing that puts us, puts us at peace with God. There is, there is one thing which sets us in a place of approval in the sight of God. And that's faith in Jesus Christ. The just shall live by faith. The faith of Jesus Christ. That's how we gain approval unto God. And it's in keeping the new and better covenant. Show yourself approved unto God through keeping the new and better covenant, faith in Jesus Christ. Right there in that verse, it powerfully tells us what Paul's intentions are. But make no mistake about it. When you look at the beginning of chapter 2, Paul is, is, is just talking about grace. And, and he starts out, verse 1 in chapter 2, Timothy, Timothy, stand strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Stand strong in that. And then, and then he exhorts him. He continues to exhort, exhort him to stand strong in the things you've heard from me. Among many witnesses. And 
Timothy, stand strong in this grace. Stand strong in the messages you've heard from me. Stand strong in your witnessing of my life as I poured myself out for this gospel of grace. And, and then he says, find able men. Find faithful men who you can trust. Teach these grace principles to. And that they can do the same also. And then he likens it unto being a soldier. You know, being a farmer. Sometimes it's going to seem like a fight. It was for Paul at times. The Judaizers came at him, came after him. The Sanhedrin, the Sadducees, the religious authorities, they came after him and they came after him hard. So yeah, Timothy, you got to be ready, ready like a soldier. You know, ready to work like that farmer. In what? Making sure, Timothy, you stand strong in this message of grace, this message of grace that you've learned from me that you've seen in me. Timothy, Timothy, show yourself. Show yourself. A workman needing not be ashamed. Approved unto God by this glorious message of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Rightly dividing, Timothy, the word of truth. And so you know what? We're going to look at how to divide the word of truth. And we're going to look at it from the teachings of Jesus himself. Really, a lot of people don't know and don't understand that Jesus taught us how to rightly divide the word of God. Jesus taught us. Jesus himself. He laid out the script. He, he laid out the steps of understanding. He laid out the, 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 the measurement for us where we measure everything up against this teaching of, of, of Jesus. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know what I'm going to be sharing right now. How to rightly divide the word of truth, law from grace, how to, how to know the difference between mixture, mixture where you're, where you're adhering to both covenants, How to rightly keep law on one side as far away from, from you as possible and, and walk in grace. Jesus taught us how to rightly divide. And he did that in Luke chapter 15. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know this. And I'll tell you what. I'm going to be teaching some, 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 some additional messages on how to rightly divide. And we're going to look at the lost sheep, and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be amazed at the message of grace that's there, at at, at the telling of Jesus how to rightly divide. This is how you rightly divide. I, I can't wait to talk about that sheep in a different way than than what you've you've been used to hearing about the lost coin. Another amazing and wonderful story about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the the love and grace of our heavenly Father who comes searching after us. Just like the shepherd, who comes 
seeking and searching after the sheep. The sheep. It's amazing, and we're going to visit, visit it. But today we're going to visit how to rightly divide through the story of the wayward son. And we're just going to look through the scripture together and gain an understanding of how to rightly divide. So we'll start out Luke chapter 15, verses 11 and 12. And it tells us this. And he said a certain man had two sons. Think about that right there. Think about that right there. A certain man had two sons. A certain man had two. God the Father had two. 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 Right away. Covenant of law. Covenant of grace. Covenant of law. Covenant of grace. So easy to see. A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them. And the younger of them said to. Now think about this. <laughs> certain man had two sons. Law of grace. And the younger of them. Now, which came first? Law of grace. Law came first. Grace. The younger, right? He is just setting this up beautifully to teach us how to rightly divide law from grace. This is amazing. The younger son. Uh -huh. The grace son. <laughs> he said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that is fallen to me. And it says the father simply divided up his living. He gave to the son. Now look at this. We all know this younger son, this younger son, he had two sons, the younger son, showing us grace, how to rightly divide. All right. This son came. He came before his father. Arrogantly arrogantly came to his father. He came to his father irreverently. It's like saying, Dad, I know I'm going to get an inheritance when you die. I want it now. It's like saying, Dad, die now. I mean, this is total, total irreverence. So he came arrogantly. He came irreverently. He came disrespectfully. He disrespected his father. His father was in a position to excuse me? Excuse me, you peon of a person? How dare you? No, he gave. The father gave. See, he disrespectfully came to his father. He selfishly came to his father. Now, as they're hearing Jesus give this teaching, they're like saying, whoa, this, this son, he had some nerve. They're probably turning toward one another as they're, as they're hearing this and, and like whispering under their breath, this son should be, I mean, he should be put out to pasture, man. How dare he? And you know, a son like this in the law, in the law, under the law, Two sons, right? Youngest son. This son, right? Under the law, this would be considered rebellion. And under the law, that was an offense 
punishable by stoning. But the Father gave. Here's Jesus telling us. This is how you rightly divide law from grace. The Father gave. The Father willingly gave. The Father, with all his love, his heart of love, gave. And you know, we see this. We see this in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, where it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the help of time of need. This younger son, two sons, younger son, that's so vitally important. I hope you pick that up. Came to his father arrogantly, irreverently, disrespectfully, selfishly. He came to his father. He came to the throne of grace. And he obtained mercy and found grace in his time of need. He was, he was given what he asked for. But that word boldly where it says, let us therefore come boldly, I want you to understand something. It's not too far from how that younger son, the second son, son the younger son, it's, it's not too far removed from how he approached his father. Because that word boldly is translated parousia. And it means outspoken. It means frank. It means blunt. Wow. It means openly and plainly. It's amazing that one of his other meanings is confidence. That younger son, two sons, the younger son, who is showing us the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, he came with all that arrogance, that irreverence, the disrespect. But, but it also says that word boldly means confidence. He came, you know, this is, this is amazing. This is, this is Jesus saying, just come confidently before your father. Come, come. We know sometimes you're going to be angry. We know sometimes, you're, you're, you know, you, it's going to seem like you're irreverent. It knows some, it, you know, we know sometimes it's going to, it's going to appear you're, you're, you're disrespectful. You need to come before God on your hands and knees pleading. You need, you need to cover yourself with sackcloth and ashes. You need to humble yourselves. Humble, you need to humble, that, well, grace is telling us, come. And if religion is telling us steps, A, B, C, D, one, two, three, four, this is how you come, then you know you're, you're not talking about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let me get it, let me get it. Let me get it true, this truth out. Let me get this truth out. He loves us so much. And because he loves us and he's revealed himself to us and he's revealed that love to, to us, we love him so very much. And, and we know we come to our Heavenly Father humbly, you know, in worship, in praise, loving him because he first loved us. We do know that. That's being led by the Holy Spirit. That's being led by the spirit of holiness and righteousness that's within us. That's being led as a new creator. We, we understand that. 
But what we're doing here is rightly dividing legalism and law from grace so that you can know the difference. Jesus is saying, come, look at the younger son, the second son of two sons, the younger, the newer, the newer, the younger, the, the second, and there, make no mistake about it, grace, come. He's telling the people, come. This is where you know the difference between the law of Moses and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we go on, it says, and not many days after that, the younger son gathered all together, everything he had, you know, his inheritance. He took his journey. He left. It's like he was walking away. It was like he was walking away from, from his father, from, from his family, from his heritage. Oh, this is beautiful because you can't walk away. You want to talk about eternal security? You can't walk away. That's another thing that Jesus is teaching us and rightly, rightly dividing the words, you know, of, of law versus the words of truth, the truth of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can't walk away. You can't walk away. You can't get away. You can't escape. You can't escape your great salvation. Rightly divide the word of truth. Here's Jesus. You can't run from grace. You can't walk away from grace. You can't leave. You know? I know some people used to say, you can't be kidnapped, you know, about eternal security. You can't be kidnapped, but you can run away. You can't run away. You can't run away from it. This is what Jesus is showing. This is rightly dividing. This is rightly knowing. Not many days after that, the younger son, the second son, he gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Wasted it. Wasted it. <laughs> Frivolous. You know? Stuff he didn't need. Stuff he really didn't want. Just to spend it. Wasted it. You know? How many times have we done that? Not properly used the finances that have been gifted to us by God, that have been placed at our disposal by God. How many times have we misappropriated, misuse it, misspend it? I know I have often done it. I know I have often done that. And there's times now where I still do that. I'm I, I, in my in my in the part of my mind that's unrenewed, renewed, that's unrenewed yet. I still won't make a, a, a bad decision here or there. But right away, I'll repent, and that means I'll have a turnaround. And there is never any guilt, shame, or condemnation from my daddy, from my daddy God. There's only grace, mercy, and more grace. So, but anyway, he wasted it. And, and when he had spent it all, I mean, this guy spent it on, on, on booze, on liquor, on alcohol, on women, on prostitutes. Uh, I mean, this, this, this guy, riotous living. When he had spent it all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. Whew. He leaves, and now where he leaves and finds, him, and finds himself now is a famine. There's a famine, man. Food is scarce. Water is scarce. And he began to be in want. <laughs> and, 
And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. How many times we, 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 we want to escape the situation we're in, you know? And, and we don't turn to God, you know? And the reason why is because we haven't rightly divided the word of truth. We haven't rightly divided the two sons. We haven't, haven't rightly divided law and grace. Jesus is saying, come, come, ask, come, ask, come, just come, come. Right? No, he joined himself to a citizen of that land, of that country. And, and it said, and, and that person sent him into the fields to feed swine. <laughs> that citizen, the citizen of another another country, whatever, he imprisoned him. He, he basically he imprisoned him. You're mine now. You're my servant now. In fact, you know what? You're gonna you're not gonna eat with us at our table. You're gonna eat with the pigs. Sent him to feed the pigs. Sent him to feed the swine. And he would have feigned. I mean, he would have starved to death had he not filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. No man gave unto him. No man gave unto him. And, and, and you know what? There's another difference between law and grace. Law and grace. There's a series of bad decisions. And we know that verse in Galatians that's talking about um, this subject. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, where it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that's also what he'll reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall, shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Now here again, we do not take scriptures out of its context. So in the, con uh, in the context of the, of the book of Galatians, where Paul lays it out, law, grace, law, grace, law, grace, don't, don't, don't be deceived into thinking that it's anything else. There might be some other applications. There might be. But just think about it. The younger son, Grace, he left his father's home. He left. He left. He really couldn't escape it. But he left. And he had joined himself to a citizen of another land, right? I believe that citizen that Jesus is depicting is the law and is Moses. Because now... That law imprisons him. That law keeps him as a slave. Keeps him as a slave. That's why Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, Paul says, Therefore I tell you, stand therefore in the liberty where which Christ has made you free and no longer entangle yourselves to a yoke of bondage. This is what happened. And I believe in this story, Jesus is telling us how to rightly divide. So now... And as he's, as he's done this, as, as he's doing this, now listen, if he was to continue, say, listen, I'm staying here. I'm staying right here with this citizen, okay? I'm staying right here with this covenant. I'm staying right here. You're going to be a slave. You're going to remain a slave. You're, 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 you know, you're going to eat the, you're going to live with the, with the pigs, you know? you you're you're gonna you're gonna eat the, the their their husks of corn, and let me tell you something. I I, I lived on a um, a dairy farm for a good period of time, and and uh, the farmer had a large corn field, 
And there's a big difference between corn that's being raised and harvested that's going to the stores, you know, to the shelves to be sold, all right, for, 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 for our consumption. I, I, there's nothing I like better than, a, than a, a, a freshly cooked cob of corn, you know, some corn on the cob, you, you butter it, you know, that butter is dripping and, and, and oh boy, and, and, and salt it just right. And it's, there's nothing better. It, it tastes awesome. But that's not what this was. That's not what was in this farmer's cornfield. It was corn specifically for the, for the animals, for the animals. And, you know, when it, they took less care over those, 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 those fields of corn. There were more. There were bugs and there were worms. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just wasn't for human consumption. Well, this is what this guy was eating. All right. Now, just... Just, just understand, if you don't rightly divide and you still adjoin yourself, you know, to another citizen, yeah, you're going to reap destruction. But now, when you sow to the Spirit, grace, you're going to reap life. That portion of Scripture is about legalism, do-it-yourself, law, versus it's all a gift. For by grace are we saved by faith. It is a gift, not of works, lest any man should boast. And this is what Jesus is showing us. He's rightly dividing. He is showing us how to rightly divide. And if something, a message, you know, uh, uh, something you're reading, a translation, doesn't stand up to Jesus' commentary on how to rightly divide, it's not grace. So now all of a sudden, okay, He comes to himself, and it tells us this in verse 17 and 19. And when he had come to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no, worthy, no more worthy to be called thy son. Just make me one of your servants. Make me as a slave. You see? When you don't recognize mixture, you will be keeping yourself, you will be keeping yourself as a slave and as a servant and not as a son. Wow, Jesus, thank you. Thank you. And look at this. He was hungry. He was hungry. He wasn't sorrowful. He was hungry. He wasn't sorrowful. It wasn't this true understanding of sorrow where, wow, wow, I really hurt my father. I, I really, oh man, I, I, I really must have broke his heart. No, this wasn't real sorrow. He was hungry. He was hungry. And that's how he came to his father. And that's how he came to his father. And you know the amazing thing. The amazing thing is his father was looking and watching from a great distance. This is telling us, Jesus is telling us under this new covenant of grace, the father always has his eyes on you. The father is always looking. The father is always wanting. And so he comes to his father. 
he comes to his father. Now we know it's not true. It's true. It's not true repentance. It's not true sorrow. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9 and 10 tells us, Now I rejoice, not that ye were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. See? There's the difference. Oh, you were made to be sorry. Why? Because you were hungry. No. No. But that you became sorrowful unto repentance. And that word for repentance is metanoia. It means a turning, a turning, a changing of the mind, a turning of the heart. So Paul is saying you could be made sorry by your situation or you could become truly sorrowful. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. That word sorrow means to be in distress. To, to have grief, to have heaviness of heart. There's a difference between made sorry and that you sorrowed. And this man, this man was not sorrowed. He was made sorry because he was hungry. But you see, it doesn't matter. Jesus says, come. Just come. Come. You know why? Because the younger son, rightly divide, of the two sons, I want you to just, I want to just really solidify that right off the bat. Two sons, two sons, old covenant, new covenant, younger son, new, newer covenant, right? Right off the bat, you're to know that his identity never in the father's eyes or heart ever changed it will not change, never will it change. It did not change, period. He was, is, always will be a son. You can't change that. Don't let religion tell you or make you think you can change it. You can't. Now just think about this. Just think about this. He comes back to the Father. He comes back to, this, to the Father. The Father's waiting. He's living with pigs. And you know, it's there's slop. There's mud. There's dirt. I mean, he's coming home from this journey. You know, he didn't, he didn't stay at a Holiday Inn. He wasn't staying at a Holiday Inn. You know, there wasn't a local uh, dry cleaners where he can get his clothes dry cleaned. and There wasn't a local barbershop where he can go and get his hair shampooed and trimmed real nice and his beard. And, and, you know, and there wasn't a place where he could get a, a pedicure. And No, this man came dirty and sweaty and smelly and crusted over with, with mud and dirt and slop. So he comes to the father. And he's about to say, well, first of all, the father sees him from a distance. And, and it tells us in this portion of scripture that the father runs. Now that word run is like, like the Olympics when, when the starter gun goes off 
and those men that are lined up for the 100-yard dash, they take off, and they run as quickly as they can to get to that finish line. This is what that word indicates. This father ran, and he gets to his son. His son starts to, his son starts to, you know, go over what he rehearsed. His father doesn't let him finish it. Finish it. His father hugs him. His father holds him. His father's weeping over him. His father's rejoicing over him. This is awesome. This is Jesus saying, you know what religion says? You know, you need to come to the altar. You need to search your heart. You need to see about all the wickedness that's in you, the wicked ways in you that are in you. You need to confess. You need to confess. You need to confess. You need to humble yourself. And then possibly, then possibly, you can come before God. The holy and the holy and just God and righteous God. Two sons, two sons, oldest son, younger son. Jesus is saying, your daddy loves you, period. This is what grace is. You don't have to ready yourself. You come. You come to daddy God. He loves you. Your identity has never changed in his eyes. And guess what? This is grace. Again, this isn't the first son, two sons. This isn't law. There's no stoning. There's no probation. There's no reprimand. I, I, that's hard to understand. That's hard to comprehend. There's no reprimand. There's no, you know what? I'm going to give you your old room back. No, in fact, I'm not going to give you your old room back. We got it. We got it. We got it. We got a shed. You know, it's, it's not in that bad of condition. We got a shed just off the house. We're going to let you live in that shed. You're going to prove yourself. You, after you prove yourself, we might let you have your old room back. And you're going to prove yourself by doing the work of a servant. You see the work they're doing. They're harvesting my fields. They're feeding my flock. All right, you're going to be as them. You're going to earn your keep. You're on probation. This is amazing, guys. Do you see the difference between the two sons? The youngest son, right? The older son. The young, I hope you're seeing this. No probation. No reprimand. No times of testing, period. Periods of trial. Where he's under trial. No. And, and Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. Here, this is not right. This is not rightly divided. This is not true. Where it says, he whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. I don't know how many people use that verse of scripture. But you can't find it anywhere in, in Judaism. Loving fathers never scourge their sons with, with whips, whipping them. Never. 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 There was only one son that was scourged. Only one. And the father did the scourging. And that's what that scripture is about. But you see, when you understand how to rightly divide from looking at the teachings of Jesus, you'll understand how not to be hoodwinked by faulty interpretations of scripture or by faulty translations of scripture. No, what did he say? 
He said, you get the robe of, of royalty and righteousness. That's what my son should be clothed in. That's how I see him and that's how I want him to see himself. That's how God sees you and that's how God wants you to see yourself. And, and get that ring of authority. Put it on his finger. He has my authority. He's never lost it. He never lost it. He didn't understand his true identity. He was, he was tricked. He wanted to become a citizen, uh, under a citizen of, a, of another, another country. Ah, like the first son, right? Beautiful. And you put shoes on his feet because he's my son. He's my son. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. It is God who confirms and makes us steadfast and establishes us in righteousness, in joint fellowship with Jesus Christ. He has consecrated us. He has anointed us in doing us with gifts of the Holy Spirit. He has established our righteousness and royalty is not nor never will be our, by our own doing. This is rightly dividing. This is rightly dividing. He has blessed us with his authority. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our, our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive this glorious inheritance, freely given to you by living in Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us, so that we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21. But as many as received him, to them God gave the power, the right, the authority, the ability to become his sons. To those that believe on the name of Jesus, who are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but they are born of God, born of the Spirit. So now he says, bring hither the fattened calf. Luke chapter 15, verse 23 and 24. Bring the fattened calf, kill it, let us eat, be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be married. Why was he lost? He joined himself to a citizen of another country. He left grace. Mm -hmm. He put himself under law. But now he returned back to the understanding and the knowing and the acknowledgement that for by grace I am saved through faith. It's a gift from my father, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Now look, the older son was in the field and he came in and, 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 and drew nigh to the house and he heard the music and, 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 and he heard dancing, you know, he heard the tambourines and the timbrels and he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And the servant said to him, thy brother has come and, they fa and thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound. He was angry. He was angry. 
This is the first son. Remember that. The first son. Two sons. The first son. The older one. He's mad at the younger one. This is why Paul's, Paul said to Timothy, rightly divide. You're going to have to be a soldier, just like a farmer. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to stand because they're going to come at you. They're going to be angry. They're going to be upset. They're not going to understand. They're not going to understand this, this covenant of grace, this grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He came. He was angry. And would not go in. Therefore came out his father and entreated him. Grace always appears to us. Grace will always track us down. The good shepherd, the lost coin, we're going to look at that at a later date. And he answering said to his father, These many years I have served thee, thee. I have served thee. I have obeyed your command your commands. I have not transgressed against you. At any time did I disobey your commandments. And yet you never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son has come, which has devoured his living with harlots, you kill the fattened calf? And he said to him, Son, you're always my son. You are forever with me. All that I have is yours. What's he saying to his son? Son, you got it all wrong. Remember, this is the first son. Two sons, first son. Younger son, older son. This is the difference between law and grace. Rightly divided. Rightly divided. He's telling his, his older son, hey, you got to get with it. You got to get with it. Now it's, the, it's all about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now it's all about grace. You don't earn it. You can't earn it. Nothing you can do for it. You can't work for it. It's a gift. Because you're my son. All that I have is yours because of that. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And that never, ever changes. Titus chapter 3, verse 4 through 8. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, not by works of righteousness, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, which we can do, which we have to do, but according to his mercy, he has saved us. Period. Period. Through Christ our Savior, justified by grace. Period. Titus chapter 3, verse 4 through 8. If the message is not for, by the grace, through faith, not works, lest any man shall boast, it must be law. It must be mixture. Jesus is teaching us how to rightly divide. If the message is you must obey, work, earn, meet responsibilities, it's not grace. 
Jesus is showing us how to rightly divide in Luke chapter 15. Romans chapter 2 verse 4. Do the riches of his extraordinary kindness make you take him for granted and despise him? No. It doesn't. Haven't you experienced how kind and understanding he has been to you? Yes, we have. Don't mistake his tolerance over the things that you're doing, the younger son, with the pigs and the slop and the husks, as his acceptance. Please realize that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you into the two, into the true repentance, the changing of your direction, the turning of your soul, the turning of your heart. Here it is, guys. Paul tells Timothy, rightly divide, rightly divide, rightly divide. And Jesus, in Luke chapter 15, teaches us himself what rightly dividing means. I hope this blesses you. I hope you use this teaching in this chapter as a filter for messages you hear, for things you read, for every translation of the Bible you might find yourself in. May it creating you a filter of knowing what is grace and what is not. I pray that this will bring, bring you into an abundance of living and into the, the abundance of his, his blessings. This is Pastor Lenny saying, I love you, and I'm, I'm grateful that I got to spend this 45 minutes or so with you. Thank you for what you do for me, for Lori, for the ministry, how you bless us so, so, so very much. Thank you for your, your financial gifts and your monthly partnerships. This is good ground. This is good ground. And your investment into this ground, it's going to bring a 30 and 60 100 fold return. I know it. This is good ground. So we want to thank you. And, and if those listening want to, want to bless this ministry, you can do it at our website, newlifeministrymhv.org. You'll find videos, you'll find live streams, and you'll find how to partner with us. We thank you and we love you. Until next time, this is Pastor Lenny saying goodbye.